all of a sudden they think that we're brilliant too. But you have to learn how to do that. And a lot of that is learning by teaching, but some of that is just learning by watching. You're listening to Your Financial Planner Now What, the podcast to help you fast track your career by bringing you meaningful conversations on topics that influence new financial planners, their careers, and the lives of their clients. This week, Eddie Kramer, CFP, joins us to encourage everyone to build their own personal marketing plan and to grow into their career. Eddie works with Abacus Planning Group to build out their team, and it should be no surprise that Abacus has been featured on this show before. Eddie encourages everyone there to bring their best self to work and to contribute their own unique skill set to the firm's growth. According to Eddie, they don't need heroes, they need a team. Up next, we've got some incredible advice from Eddie on how to manage yourself and client relationships to achieve optimal growth and success. Well, thanks for joining us today, Eddie. Hannah, it's great to be on the podcast. I really appreciate the invite. Yes, absolutely. So I don't know where I heard this. Um, it was possibly in the interview that I had with Cheryl Holland, um, who works who works with you uh, earlier this year. But she had talked about individual marketing plans that you help create for your team, for, for everybody on your team. And so I'm just curious, can you tell us more? Was this always something that you did? Or like, what was the evolution of having individual marketing plans? Well, that's a, a topic that's near and dear to my heart. Uh, takes up a, a, a good portion of, of my time um, at Abacus and it's something I really enjoy doing. Um, you know, we've, we've had personal marketing plans at Abacus as long as I know. Um, Cheryl, when Cheryl started Abacus, a lady named Barbara Griffin um, was her first employee and uh, she became uh, both the director of first impressions and then also led the business development team. And I remember when I uh, first started Abacus back in, gosh, 2004, um, she asked me to to turn in my personal marketing plan. And um, I didn't really know what that meant. It, I, quite frankly, really scared me. Uh, one of the reasons that I, I wanted to work at a larger RAA uh, was so that I didn't have to bring in business. So I, I didn't really know what that meant. And so she began to, to pave the way for me as far as understanding what a personal marketing plan would look like. And then over the years, we fine-tuned that more um, to something that I don't think is intimidating for anybody on our team now. And the reason for that is that the personal marketing plan has nothing to do with um, uh, an end result being that they personally are bringing in new clients. Uh, it's the idea that at Abacus, uh, now we have 26 employees. And if I can have each of those 26 employees uh, know our message from Abacus uh, for who we serve, we serve uh, closely held family businesses and clients who have uh, shared assets. Um, if, if they can, can tell that story in their own words within the circles of influence that they have, uh, we're going to have our story permeate throughout our community of Columbia, South Carolina, and then we have a number of remote employees now as well. Um, but permeate throughout the uh, the, the national news uh, for those people who like to write. Um, just permeate throughout uh, you know friend friend circles, um, and have everybody take some ownership in that. Uh, we have a culture of business development. And what I mean by the culture of business development is it it takes the whole team to put together any type of marketing event. Uh, for instance, uh, we will have uh, 
uh, let's say we have a, a CPA group um, over to our office for lunch. Um, there, there are many roles that a brand new advisor can can play in that they could they could sit in in the lunch and and just listen and and watch a more senior advisor uh, tell our story and um, maybe more importantly listen to the CPA group and, and get to know them well. Uh, we have people that are uh, not advisors at all who we want them to set up for for the launch. Uh, so we want them to send out the invitation. We want them to actually uh, get the food and, and bring it in. And if that's on your personal marketing plan, uh, as you know, you're the younger person um, and you know that while you might not be in the meeting for the you might not be in that launch but you're helping to prepare for it. And all of a sudden you have some ownership in this business development activity that could bring uh, great fruit to, to our office. Um, so I'll, I'll pause for a moment. I've, I've been, I've been going, going on and on. Um, but it's the idea that I just want people to, within their own circle of influence, within their own role and responsibility within the office, Put on that business development hat and wear it proudly, uh, without the idea that they have to bring in clients in order to be an effective and efficient person uh, within business development. For people who you hire in your firm, like is this communicated to them like before they before they get the job that they're they're going to be expected to have like a personal marketing plan? We do. We we bring that up, um, you know, during the hiring process. I usually leave them alone for those first ninety days. Um, <laughs> sometimes, you know, we have somebody come in and they're chomping at the bit. You know, they they want you know right away to uh, to get involved, and I, I kind of have to push them off a little bit. You know, for for some people that are just really eager to um, uh, to shine right away, but um, usually I, I wait I wait those first ninety days, and and then. Uh, it starts with a conversation, one-on-one conversation with me, where I'm really trying to find out, uh, you know, what is their unique value that that they bring. Um, I've got I've got some work that I can share with you. Um, you know, a little uh, sheet that I have them complete to um, to better understand what is their unique value, um, and I can talk more about that if you're interested. When I hear you talk about it, it doesn't seem intimidating, but when I look at the title on the page, it does seem intimidating. <laughs> Well, we have to have a fancy name for it, or uh, it wouldn't it wouldn't hold any weight. <laughs> so, personal marketing plan it it starts with that unique value proposition um, that this somebody brings. And so, yeah, you, you, you I could take you through this. You know, it's um, you know, so what are uh, what, what's something that you within within your work that you uh, when you do it, it really puts a smile to your face, and and you just you just thoroughly enjoy doing it. Hmm. So that's that's the first question. And then um, I like to find out. So, um, within the last ninety days, or within the last year, during your last performance review, um, what feedback have you received that was really positive feedback that you consistently do something well? And then I'll ask it in reverse. You know, what are uh, what are those things that you like to do, but you're not consistent with. And then the last piece of it is 
what are those things that um, give you a lot of energy and you get great feedback from? And I want I want you to think about that both in your personal life as well as your business life because those that intersection between personal and business is where we want to have our team members uh, create their personal marketing plan. You know, diversity is this huge conversation and it's a really important one. And I, I love this because it's really asking each person, like what makes you unique and then elevating that and saying, how can we build around that? And that's, that's really exciting to hear firms doing that. I'll give an example. Um, I was asked to be on the board for um, the local museum of art, the Columbia Museum of Art. And I said yes, because um, I wanted Abacus to, to further our access, uh, both you know in, in the arts and specifically with the Columbia Museum of Art. Uh, while, I, while I appreciate art, I'm far from an art connoisseur or, and, I, and I'm not passionate about art. And so I found myself uh, sitting on the board of uh, the contemporaries of the Columbia Museum of Art. Um, and initially I had a you know high energy toward it because I was on a board and I wanted to make you know good influence and in, in, in network um, with, with other people on, on the board. Um, but as I heard you know what they were uh, you know, building you know, all of our activity over the next three years was going to be focused on, uh, buying this one piece of art that that would go uh, in, into the museum, and um, so I started thinking, you know, I'm going to work for three years on something that I'm not really passionate about, uh, just to to get one piece of art that I don't really understand, and and I'm not really driven toward. And so while I while I spent time getting to know people on the board. I went to the meetings. Uh, I did what I said I was going to do when I said I was going to do it. Um, I used good manners on the board. Um, I never really enjoyed it. And I think because of that, the board members never really got to experience uh, me uh, with, with what I bring to to a group because I, I wasn't passionate about it. I did it because it seemed like the right thing to do, but not because of something that I was uh, really driven toward and, and really passionate about. Does that? Does that make sense? Absolutely. And so it wasn't a waste of time. It just maybe wasn't the best use of my time. You know, the more further you get in your career with family and life, it's time is a very valuable commodity. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yes. Um, you know, we we ask a lot of our uh, of our teammates, as do you know all the other firms out there. You ask a lot of our our teammates to um, uh, dur- during working hours, and then. Uh, some senses, you know, business development is a, a bit of an extracurricular activity. Um, and, and so I, if you're going to do business development and we want all of our team members to do that, I want them to do that in the areas where they're already naturally inclined and they can take their circles or the, you know, different areas that they, they spend their life in and begin to overlay those a little more where it's not just a, a random offshoot. For me, the Columbia Museum of Art was a, a random offshoot. It was a, a wonderful organization. Um, uh, there, there's nothing wrong with, uh, w- with what they do or how they do it. Um, but I, I didn't live downtown where the museum was located. So, you know, even from a geographic perspective, it was 
a lot of extra work in order to uh, to be a part of that board. And it's never something that I, I really enjoyed that much. What are other examples of people finding their natural market and kind of operating in those spaces? Yeah, I found that some of our team members, while they, uh, they're they not as comfortable public speaking, they're great writers. Uh, they, they write really well. Uh, uh, they're, they're cogent with their writing. Um, they have a, a nice voice, you know, with, with their writing. And once they recognize that, you know, those are the team members that I want to get them to write more. I want to get them to, uh, to, to be quoted more often, uh, to write articles. Um, so that's one area. Uh, other, other team members are, are great at impromptu speaking. And so I can send them to a marketing event and, um, they're very comfortable just moving throughout the, you know, moving throughout the room, um, getting to know people, or you know, spending time with uh, you know, with a variety of people, bringing back business cards, um, uh, you're following up w- with with those uh, the, the, those people that they meet and, and building relationship in that way. And so, uh, for those people, you know, I don't really care how much they write necessarily, but I want to get them out there because they're great at telling our story. Some team members, um, they're, they're much more gifted in the organization side and much more gifted behind the scenes. And so uh, for those team members, you know, they, they, we use Salesforce for our CRM. And so, you know, I'll use, I'll use those team members to, to build us, you know, robust reports, you know, so that we can use those to reach out to, uh, reach out to different, um, uh, centers of influence, reach out to strategic partners, um, follow up with inquiries. And so, uh, you know, that maybe that doesn't seem like business development, but it is because I need to leverage those people who are going to be that tip of the spear type, um, uh, people on, on the business, you know, doing business development in person. You know, you, you gave the phrase, uh, you wanted to build like to have a company where there's a culture of business development. And just hearing you talk about this, you know, it's far from the, you know, write a list of your hundred closest friends and family and give them a call. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. Um, uh, I, I want, you know, I've learned over time that, you know, people, our, our new clients come to us because there are multiple hooks that brought them to Abacus. It's very rare that we have a new client that comes to us because they saw our website and they thought it was great. And that was their only hook to Abacus. That almost hardly, that almost never happens. We get our new clients because um, they're connecting you know, they they kn- they were on a board with one of our team members or they went to school with one of our team members or their child went to school with one of our team members um one of our other clients happens to be their next door neighbor or their cpa mentioned abacus and so all of these all of these influences in that person's life coalesce and that's what brought them to abacus so I don't need I don't need one rainmaker who's going to bring in all of our business. What I need is a team of people who tell our story, who represent well, um, and 
and, and live their live their life in a way that, that people know them, like them and trust them and want to be a part of that organization. And for us, that's Abacus. And so your team members really buy into the vision of Abacus. I think we do. Uh, we have a really strong culture at Abacus. Um, I'd, I'd say it's uh, uh, it's uh, it's probably a magnetic culture um, <laughs> in that um, if you're either really into it or, or you're not. Um, but no, absolutely. I mean, this is, we, we recognize that we are all in this thing together, that uh, our expenses will continue to increase um, as, as are all RAs out there. Um, expenses are going to increase. And if we don't have increasing revenues, we're not going to meet our personal and business goals. And so um, there's, there's a real, there's a real uh, excitement about bringing in new clients, uh, about uh, doing that marketing plan activity, um, you know, being able to track it. We celebrate this a bunch. So every every month, um, so every marketing plan activity that, that a team member does, uh, they track that in our in, in Salesforce. <laughs> um, so they'll, they'll add the personal marketing plan activity there. And then we have a report um, that we receive every month of activities uh, along with notes, you know, of what people did, who they met and so forth. And so as a business development team, we pick a business development, you know, rock star, you know, someone, someone who, who we want to celebrate on the team um, who's really excelled in this area. And then, so we'll tell that, we'll tell their story during staff meeting, you know, what they've done. Um, and sometimes we're celebrating, you know, sometimes we're celebrating uh, you know, Charles Flowers, who leads our investment team and sits in a number of the inquiry meetings and, and tells our story beautifully um, on the investment side. And sometimes we're, we're celebrating uh, Patty Watson, who is, you know, seven, you know, in her in her 70s, who works from home. But she does impeccable data entry into our system and she keeps us moving forward behind the scenes. So I want to celebrate Patty as much as I celebrate Charles. That's so important. It's everything contributes to your firm's success. It does. There's, uh, we, we, we don't want, um, we don't need any heroes at Abacus. We need to be a team and, and be in this together. We all have a role and responsibility, um, but we're a pretty flat organization. Um, we're, we're not interested in, in, in just, you know, one or, you know, five people's names being, the, the face of, of Abacus and that's all who's ever talked about. Uh, I feel like there's a real appreciation throughout the organization, um, regardless of, of, of title or, or rank or however you want to think about it. So we've been talking a lot about these personal marketing plans just because I'm, I'm fascinated by this idea um, when, I, when I heard about it a while ago. But how does this fit in with your larger you know, career paths? I know you guys are very intentional about building out career paths. <laughs> Everything that we do is, um, you know, when, when I started at Abacus in, in 2004, you know, we still do the do the same thing. It's just evolved a bit over time. So you know, we've always had this, um, what we call a leadership pipeline, um, though it's it's taken different shape over time. And now it's uh, pretty crisp, though it's it's a living document and and always updated. So. Uh, Every team member, um, regardless of uh, of title or time and seat, um, has a leadership pipeline. They're they're given that uh, during the 
the interview process. And then, uh, you know, day one, they're given the leadership pipeline, your 90 day review, uh, you know, annual re review, um, uh, re review this whenever they, they meet with their uh, shareholder for a shareholder check-in, they review the leadership pipeline. So it's, it's very near to everybody's thought process across the firm. Um, we've talked about the leadership pipeline at a, a few conferences, so I don't want to bore uh, too many people, but let me, let me give you a, a brief overview. There's four levels to the leadership pipeline. Uh, level one is managing yourself. And so in the first, uh, you know, one to one to five years, uh, it's hard to manage other people if you're not managing yourself well. And so you want to to just have, you know, basic work habits. Um, work on building relationships, not just not not necessarily business development relationships, but relationships internally. Uh, we all know that within any organization, regardless of size, uh, it's hard to get things done if, if you don't have uh, a, a good, strong network, a good, strong rapport uh, with your colleagues, uh, but, but also with your clients and, and other allied professionals just to get things done. Uh, you want to work on your communication skills. So, so your written communication, your verbal communication, uh, that the part where the business development plan or the personal marketing plan comes into place is on the business acumen side. Uh, so on business acumen, um, you know, you're beginning to build your business network. Uh, you're going to networking functions. You, you might not be you know, speaking at that networking function, but you're just going, you're showing up, you're getting out there. Um, and then the last piece of, um, of the competencies is is a technical competency. So you're gathering your, your certifications, um, your, your, your designations, um, uh, you know, uh, becoming, you know, we use Schwab and TD Ameritrade. So you're understanding their systems really well, you know, all of our internal processes and so forth. Um, so that's, that's uh, level one. Um, level two is the same competencies. Uh, we just switch gears a little bit. You go from managing yourself to managing people, and that's in you know the uh, you know, typically at you know five to ten year you know range of, of your career, you begin managing people. So now we're still talking about basic work habits, relationships, communication, um, uh, you know business acumen. And so um, since we're talking now more on the business development side, <clears throat> so now I I want those team these team team members in level two. I want them to go. I don't want them simply to go to the networking event or help prepare slides for the, the speaking engagement. I, I want them to take level one members to the networking event and begin to teach them how to work a room, how to, how to, um, uh, to, to get to know people. Um, take someone along with you. It's not just about you anymore and you doing well, it's you taking someone along with you. And so there's, there, this is where the, the, the team really comes into play. Um, and at, at that level, um, you know, you're, you're a certified financial planner or a you know, CFA, uh, but by that point um, on the professional track. Um, and so, you know, I want you interacting with the media, you know, both, you know, print, you know, radio, TV, um, you know, be willing to, uh, to, to engage with the media. Um, level three 
at this point, you've moved to, um, you're focused more on, on managing the enterprise. Um, these are, are typically uh, the, the partners at Abacus or those that are, are very soon to be partners at Abacus. By this point on the, the business acumen side, um, I do want I do want these people to uh, to be able to bring clients to the firm. Uh, by this point, you know you're you're you know ten years plus uh, within the industry. Um, I want you to uh, to be able to coach other team members in in business development. Um, I'd like to see you at this point um, on a on a community board. Um, you know, by this time you have gone you know you've joined an organization, you've gone to their events. Uh, you've probably sat on um, a committee at, at this point uh, to help out. And, and now, you know, 10 years plus, it's probably time for you to be a, a board member somewhere. Um, uh, we've seen tremendous fruit over the years with uh, board member activities that, that, keep, uh, that, uh, uh, that, that we've seen Cheryl do um, with her time on, on the Bryn Mawr board and the Clemson. Uh, University Foundation, TIA, CREF, and, and Schwab. Um, sitting on these boards has been tremendously helpful for Abacus, and so uh, we want we want to do that same thing. Um, I want these team members to have uh, some centers of influence. Uh, by, by that time, when I say centers of influence, we um, we're talking more about estate planning attorneys or uh, CPAs. Uh, maybe somebody in the you know real estate or, or something along that line, but you know other professionals um, who they have uh, not just a, a social relationship with that you know they, they they see at an event and they know each other's name, but that you know they've they've gone to coffee together or they've um, you know they've uh, maybe they work out together or that you know they they do they do business creation together. Uh, that's what I'm looking for at level three. And so I want to pause for a moment and say that I I believe that when many people hear business development, they go directly to level three and it freaks them out because everything I just said is scary if you haven't done level one and level two. And so that's why every person on our team has a personal marketing plan because they have to build up to that point. You don't just do those things at level three. You grow into those things at level three. Yeah, that is such a good point of, you know, we just, gosh, and this is one of the problems with our profession is why we have to build out these career paths and why that's so important is because we're expecting people to, maybe we're not expecting, some in some places they do, expect level three performance when you're early in your career. And that's just not reasonable. I don't think it is. In the same way that we see with our, with our clients um, who are going to pass a significant wealth to their children. Uh, to to pass a million dollars to to a child, but not give them the skills, uh, the relationships, the network, the decision making to be successful in that area, you're setting them up for failure. And is it not the same way in our profession that if you want this next generation or your younger team members to be at a point where they're bringing in that type of business, you have to teach them. You have to teach them how to, uh, to represent uh, themselves well when they, when they go to a marketing activity. It might sound silly, but I mean, we go, we go as basic as, you know, 
shaking hands, making eye contact, not eating too much at the marketing event. You know, you're not there to eat. You're not there to eat or drink. You're there to to spend time with people. Uh, how to turn the conversation from talking about you to talking about them? Because we know that people like. I mean, it, it, I I think you're brilliant right now, Hannah. Because I've spent however much time we've been together on here, and all I've done is talk, and like my endorphins are so high because you just have me talking about myself, and so I think Hannah's great. And you've probably said a hundred words on this whole podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we can't be giving people my secrets here. <laughs> but when we can do that with other people in the community, all of a sudden they think that we're brilliant too. But you have to learn how to do that. And a lot of that is learning by teaching, but some of that is just learning by watching. For the people listening to this who are like, yes, this makes so much sense. And they're at a firm where this is not the case. How do they you know, we talk about managing people, but so often we're managing up for our bosses, especially if you're, you don't have career, like career paths lined out, um, like you guys do at Abacus. What would be your advice to that person as how, how would they help bring that culture to their firm? I think that managing up is, is done really well by just acting into it. So, and what I mean by that is Everything I just mentioned on the the level one, as far as business acumen goes, just start doing that type of activity. Get out there and build your network. Join a organ an organization that you're already passionate about. That and if if you're passionate about it and <clears throat> it has people um, who would make good clients for your firm, uh, go be a part of that organization and get to know people. Uh, when you go to your local estate planning council meeting or, or tax or tax planning you know, council meeting, I know those you know, all over the country, um, maybe spend a little less time with the, uh, the people that are, that are in their, their 50s and 60s if you're in your 20s and spend a little more time with your peer group uh, beginning to, to network. You know, Cheryl tells a story all the time that the people who are our primary referral sources now, when she was in a building in downtown Columbia, what she would do is like once a month, she would bake cookies at her house and have, have these other young attorneys, young CPAs come to her office and they would just eat cookies together after work just, or, or they would, or, or she, you know, They'd have a bottle of wine together just at at the office, you know, after after work, and it sounds so simple. And you're thinking, you know, these people can't bring me any business. Well, they're probably not going to bring you the business that you're looking for right now, but they have influence with the older people in their office, and you're building relationships and bonds that. In your 20s, you don't understand how powerful they're going to be 15 years from now. It does require a long-range plan. But that's why I want people to only uh, do these marketing activities in areas where they're already uniquely gifted, where they already have uh, a passion or a joy or something they're already good at. Because I don't think you're going to see immediate fruit from it. Mm -hmm. So you're just spending time with people that you like, and it grows from there. Hopefully you find a great firm like Advocates that you want to stay with long term. But if we're advocating for you know new planners, 
that goes with you. Your network goes with you. You know, if you go to another firm or, you know, you do other things like this is going to, this is about your career building your long-term plan. Um, hopefully it syncs up with your, your firm, but if it doesn't, it still benefits you at the end. I think that's a great comment. Absolutely. And when I can get team members to, to understand that, that they're representing advocates, but they're also representing themselves, they're building their own personal brand, um, how much more valuable it makes them as a planner to have their own network. <laughs> they're not going to find themselves uh, stuck later in their career um, because they don't have a network and they're, they're beholden to somebody else providing for them all the time. Um, so whether they stay, whether you stay at your firm uh, for, for, for two decades or, or whether you, you bounce somewhere every five years, your professional network doesn't change. Uh, even if you move to a different city, I mean, it's with, with technology now, I mean, it's uh, the world's a lot smaller than it was before. So you, you can, you can live in a, a different city or a different state and still keep close connections with the people that you, uh, that, that, that you got to know um, in, in your earlier life. And I say it's whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, it's just fun to be in community. It's fun to be a professional, get out, tell your story, get to know people to, to write about the, uh, you know, to, uh, to, to write, to, to be quoted, um, uh, to, to volunteer. It's just a better way of living. And so it's rather than just going to work every day. And I don't think any of us got into financial planning because we just wanted to punch a clock and, you know, go in and, and get out, especially if you're listening to this podcast. Um, you know, you're, you're not here just to pull a paycheck, you're here to be a professional and build a network. And this is how you do it. These are the small building blocks that get you there. Well, and I love your comment about it being fun. Like if it's not, I mean, you just, you just operate on such a better level when things are, are fun. I I don't know a better way of saying that. Well, you do. And if I'm not having fun, you know, I'll go back to that um, Columbia Museum of Art. I didn't have a lot of fun there. And so the people on that board, they're all, they're all great people, but they didn't get to see the best part of me. Yeah. I wasn't having fun. Whereas if I was on a board of, you know, that, that of something that I was passionate driving forward and something I wanted to spend my time with, I think they would have got the best of me. And so, you know, uh, here you go. I'm, I'm leading. I'm leading with my vulnerability and my failures. But um, you know that's I. I want. I want the people listening to this podcast to be conscious about where they spend their time and make sure this is the best use of their time. There's there's <laughs> there's so many opportunities to to volunteer and and get out there. Don't just pick the first one that comes calling. There's so many opportunities, isn't that? Yes. I had a coach one time, um, professional coach that. Uh, uh, we were talking about uh, about this, and he said, "You know, you think back to high school, and if if a girl liked you, and and you you dated her just because she liked you, uh, or you know just because she asked, and then the girl that you really wanted to be with, 
became available or at that point, you know, you, you could, could be with her, but you were stuck in this other relationship. Like that, that's not where you want to be. Like you want to spend your time with the people that you really like. Don't just go because someone comes knocking because someone comes calling. That whole, the power of saying no. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So you manage a lot of people or I, I presume you've, you've been in that position where you're managing a lot of people. Um, and as um, you're the one who's leading the business development, I, I assume that's part of your role. What have you seen like new planners who are coming into the job? What have new planners done that have just wowed you that you think, wow, like that was something special. Like what, and specifically, like I want our listeners to be able to say like, this is what I could do in my, in my current position to wow my, my employers. <laughs> well, um, one of our team members, Anne-Marie, um, she lives in Greenville and she commutes to Columbia um, a few times a week and then works out of our Greenville office a couple of days a week. <clears throat> she came to us from Virginia Tech. And um, so she and her husband live in Greenville. We're trying to build this this Greenville market. Um, you know, everything I'm talking about, I say these same things to all of our team members, but when they do it, I guess I'm always a little bit wowed, <laughs> you know, would they do it or what they come up with. So for her, um, uh, she, she was in the, in the band at, um, at Virginia tech. So she's very musically inclined. She and her husband, uh, were both in the band. Um, they, they really appreciate, uh, music. And, uh, so on their own accord, um, uh, they joined the symphony league in Greenville. And um, I didn't tell them to do that. Um, I didn't tell them uh, which organization to be a part of. Uh, uh, but but she went ahead and and took that step and moved in that direction. And you know when, when something like that happens, you know she she didn't just join, but now she's volunteering for them. Um, uh, she she's doing work for them, and she will end up being on the board uh, as 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 time goes on. That's just a natural progression. Um, so that, that wowed me, uh, really, I really appreciated that. Um, on the other end of the spectrum, uh, Scotty Scott, um, he, yeah, he, he's not going to want to, uh, to go to those marketing events. It's just not something that, that, that really gets him excited, but he is a wizard with Salesforce. And he's come to me and said, yeah, we had this business development tab, you know, on, on, on Salesforce, I would love to, uh, to help you build this tab out so that you do less in Excel and tracking inquiries and tracking activity and have everything flow through Salesforce and have reports that, that support you. That wows me because it helps me, you know, it helps me do my job better. It helps me manage better. It helps me think strategically. Um, so that, that wows me. Um, uh, Another team member that uh, Aaron Graham, who's um, he, he's just good with his uh, good with his words as far as the uh, written media is concerned, and um, he's quoted quite quite regularly, and I'm I'm really pleased to see that. It's something that he does well. So I could go through each team member, um, and, and 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 say something something great about him. But um, when when you come in and you do your personal marketing plan, you show up to our one-on-one -on -one meeting <clears throat> um, with the with a plan already laid out, and then we can talk about it and tweak it. I'm impressed with that. Uh, I, I appreciate that, and I'm impressed with that. And so for, for those of you listening to the podcast, 
if you don't have a personal marketing plan ingrained within your culture, what would it be like if during your performance review, you showed up with a personal marketing plan of what you want to do and you say, you know, I ask that you, you hold me accountable to this. You know, I, you know, this is what I want to do. Um, and can you, like, do you have any advice, you know, other, you know, would you add anything to this or would you, would you recommend that I uh, spend time with a, a different, uh, different organization? Who's doing that? I, I, I doubt that hardly any, any of your teammates are doing that if that's not part of your, your organization. Um, but there probably aren't, aren't many planners, uh, even in your town who, who are doing that. And so if you show up, you're showing an eagerness to grow. Um, I just say that the more of the closer your activity is to the top revenue line um, on the balance sheet, uh, the more valuable you're going to be to your firm. And um, so even if you, even if your day-to-day activity is more on portfolio administration, but you're doing you're showing a desire to help on business development, you will be looked upon in high favor by your employer. I don't want to say it's a business reality. Like we always want to say, like you don't have to bring in revenue driving activities, but the reality is, is that firms need new clients. They need that marketing, marketing piece as well. It's, uh, you know, business in business, you grow or you die. And to be a part of, to have some of your activity, be a part of that growth piece uh, makes you invaluable to your company. Well, is there any other pieces of advice or any other thoughts that you have for new planners as they're entering this profession? I've noticed all of our uh, most successful planners out there, they are voracious readers. Mm-hmm. They're constantly learning. I encourage you to uh, to read a lot. We're, we're not a, a baby industry or baby profession anymore. We're, uh, we're getting bigger and, and more time has, has gone past. Within our leadership pipeline, we have a number of, of resources and many of those resources are books um, to read. And I'm happy to share our leadership pipeline if, if your listeners would, would be interested. Um, but read, 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 read. Um, make that a habit. Second thing, you know, I went to Texas Tech University and um, thoroughly enjoyed the, the, the program there. One thing, and I've given this this feedback now, and gosh, you know, I graduated you know, almost 15 years ago now, but you know, I, I didn't come out with uh, great writing skills, and I ended up writing a lot uh, between internal emails and uh, client communications and um, and articles. You know, I just we really are a writing profession, so work on those skills. You know, if you're not a if you're not a great writer, if you don't have a good voice and through writing, um, take some time to, to to work on that. Get a coach in that area. Be a great writer. I think that's that's something that uh, we really value from team members who who do write well. And it's increasingly harder and harder to find people who write well. Okay, so I have to ask: You worked with a writing coach, or how, you know, somebody who's hearing this, like, "Hey, I need to improve my writing." How do you do that? Yeah, um, I'd say I'm still a work in progress. Um, I went to grad school. I uh, did a, an MBA in financial planning at um, California Lutheran University. Um, I didn't do that to increase my writing skills, but as it turns out, when you get a graduate degree, you end up writing a bunch. Um, so that helped me a lot. You know, I had to I had to write a uh, you know, a number of papers you know through that. 
Um, we have every team member, <clears throat> every professional team member that is, uh, write at least, you know, one, you know, six to 800 word, you know, article every year. And then we have, uh, uh, a lady, um, who edits the, uh, the, the writing and works with each of the team members on, on their writing. Um, Believe it or not, uh, typing meeting notes in charisma writing schools quite a bit because <laughs> our our meeting notes turn out to to be rather narrative in form, um, and so you know not just you know making your if you make your meeting notes a, a bit less archaic and more uh, more written in prose, um, I think that that increases your writing. Um, as far as finding your voice. Uh, I think journaling is tremendous activity you know, on the you know, personal development side um, and, and just, you know, free flow, you know, writing, you know, with, with journaling um, goes a long way. If, if you're married, uh, maybe even, you know, write a letter to your spouse or um, uh, I've really gotten into um, your writing, you know, personal notes to people on, you know, personal stationery um, within the last year and a half or so. Um, and that's helped a lot too. You know, it's just uh, the more you do it, the, the the better you get at it. But um, I think when you're when you're not good at something, you know, if you if you're not really good at catching a ball when when you're young, then you end up not catching the ball very often, or you're not not playing ball sports, and then you don't grow that that skill, and so it just gets you know it just never grows. I think it's kind of the same thing with writing. If you're not if you weren't told you were a good writer early on, then you kind of shy away from it. Uh, so just committing to it on a, a weekly basis or daily basis. And then I have to dive in a little bit deeper. Whenever anybody tells me um, about reading, what were the most impactful books for you throughout your career? Of late, you know, I really enjoyed reading uh, a G2 book, uh, you know, uh G2 book. That was really helpful for me. Um, but like it, removed a lot of the the black box um of becoming a partner and you know what all takes place behind the scenes with the financials of, of a firm um i i believe that book should be mandatory reading for you know, for for all all people entering the profession and if they if they aren't entering but have been in the profession for the last 10 years and haven't read it uh, i think it's really important to to read that it, it uh, takes you out of your own little box of what you do on a day-to-day and helps you see uh, what, uh, what what is really required um, to run a business. Um, anyone who wants to be a partner in a firm or own their own business, I think they should absolutely read that. Um, you know, the precursor to it, uh, you know, Practice Made Perfect is, uh, is a great book uh, to read as well. Uh, for for many of the same reasons, G two is written more directly to you as as that uh, newer uh, newer team member. Uh, Practice made perfect is probably written more for for the owners of your firm now. But if you if you want, you know, many uh, many owners of RAs from what I've seen, um, they've they've made Practice made perfect kind of their uh, their, their bible of sorts for for running their business. And so, um, you know, if you can read what has been transformational for them, that'd be very helpful. Uh, to that end, 
uh, I'd encourage you to ask that very question that you just asked me, you know, to your employer, you know, to find out which books have been transformational in you know, creating the culture of the firm that you're in, you know, especially if you're wanting to be a partner of that firm. Uh, I think whenever you can go to the root, you know, of, you know, where, where something, where ideas originated for a person, it helps you to understand them a lot better. And if you want to be a partner with them at some point, you know, you're, you're looking to get married to them. So, so you, you kind of want to know why they think the way they think and where it came from. So my last question, what are you currently reading right now? I, I went old school. I've, I've been reading uh, Democracy in America by Alexis de Tocqueville. He wrote in 1840. He was a Frenchman. He came over here. He was uh, commissioned by the French government to come over to this this newly formed emerging market country called the United States of America and see how they were doing so well. And um, so been reading, been reading. It's been truly fascinating. It requires a bit of patience, <laughs> but uh, it's been great. And then, um, <laughs> then I've been reading the the Federalist Papers. Uh, they kind of go go hand in hand a little bit. So the Federalist Papers were written uh, a couple of decades after the Constitution was written um, and published in, in New York uh, newspapers. It's really helpful to to understand you know where uh, where our founding fathers came from and um, you know what they what they created here uh, in this great experiment we call the United States. So. Uh, uh, yeah, I've, I've gone a little, little old school. I'll, I'll do that. I'll kind of, you know, go in and out. So, and then I'm uh, reading some excerpts from, uh, from G2 right now, just to, uh, to remind myself of a few things on the business development front. But, uh, so that's, that's where my, my time is right now. Oh, that's great. Well, thanks for, jo- <laughs> thanks for joining us, Eddie. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Hannah. If you like this episode, you can find more at fpaactivate.org and be sure to join the FPA Activate community on Facebook. It's a growing study group for financial planning professionals, from students to firm owners, professors, and board members. You'll find them all there where you too can lend your voice. We hope you'll join us and help grow the financial planning profession. Thanks for listening.